And we're live. Hi, and welcome to Gay Out the City. I'm your host, Prince Electro Diamond. And today I am here with OnlyFans content creator, just my fans content creator, go go dancer, and Instagram model, Tanner Vaughn. How are you doing today, sexy? I'm good. How are you? Thank you for having me. And you're welcome, of Thank course. You. I have to say this I'm so glad. One of one of only two of Geo's boys who actually showed up. <laughs> who was the, who is the other one? Uh, Damien. Okay, okay, okay. I love Damien. I'm now. I'm curious to know like who else was scheduled and didn't show up. But I guess that's a conversation <laughs> we can maybe have later. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm not yeah. surprised by that comment. <laughs> that's why it's like I'll say this actually. Crazily enough, I've never been to like see any of you. I actually live in South Florida, so like, okay, yeah, I'm about an hour north of West Palm Beach. So okay. like, I'm yeah. newer to Florida. I just moved in January, so I feel like I'm still yeah. trying to myself because like everyone down here from Florida knows Florida so well and is so Florida centric, and they always give me all of these like road names and city names, and I'm like, I still have no idea exactly what you're talking about. So I always have like Google Maps like opened and I'm like totally like right down whatever boulevard, but they're all slowly well, starting to come together. Yeah, because it's like especially with you like not being from Florida, because like I've lived in Florida my whole life. Mm -hmm. Can't wait to leave. But it's like it's like every street in Florida looks the same. Like yes. mm -hmm. every you can't even tell people a name because it's like you don't even know if you're on the right street because like Every fucking street looks the same. No, it's so fascinating. Like everyone from Florida, like it's so weird because they always shit talk Florida and say how much they despise it. Yet at the same time, they're either like not willing to actually do anything to move themselves out of Florida or they just like, they're like, oh, I've just lived here my whole life. So I've never changed it. And it's just, it's this weird, like you hate Florida, but you also love Florida because you're still here for whatever reason. So it's, the, it's this, this funny thing to observe from like an outsider kind of just being new here. It's like, you hate Florida, but you also love it enough to still be here to some extent. I don't have enough. Well, okay. I need to... Because, of course, like every drag queen, I have a spending problem. So, like, I have to fix my credit before I leave. Sure. <laughs> no, like, most of the most of the reasons why people, like, have stayed is it's just, yeah. it is, like, financial or whatever. But some people are yeah. just, like, oh, I hate it here. But then they, like, never even travel. They never even go on, like, vacations. Like, I met someone the other week who, like, is like 32 around my age and has literally not even left the state of Florida in like 10 years. And I'm just like, how do you, like, I just blows my mind how it's, it's, it's this strange bubble of the country that people like love and hate, but also, like I said, it's like, it's the only place that exists to them in the U S. No. See, I used to crazily enough. There was like a time, I think I still may move there, but there was a time. So I've uh, I've lived in this as I said I live in South Florida now I've lived in Orlando twice, <laughs> okay. So it's like there was a time between the first and second time I moved to Orlando that I thought I was gonna move to Atlanta. I like Atlanta. So yeah, I, I do that. like Atlanta. Atlanta's mm -hmm. so beautiful, but it's like I used to do that. I used to drive. At one point, I was driving like every other week for like two months back and forth from here to Atlanta because I was, like, trying to find a job and, like... That's a far... How place. long of a drive is that? Because the flight's, like, an hour and 20 minutes, hour and 15 minutes? That's... 
from here it's 12 hours that's a hike i mean that's yeah. a long time to be anywhere but in a car like driving back and forth 12 hours does not go by quickly no and it's like that's why i used to be able to do it and like now i drive two hours to orlando and i'm like i need this i need a nap like well, yep. Also, like you just said, like driving yeah. in Florida, whether it be high, especially highway, but also just anywhere, like all starts to look the same. So when you're driving from Orlando to like Miami or Fort Lauderdale, it's like yeah. it's so long because the highway just looks so boring and redundant and it's terrible. Yeah. So where are you originally from? Yeah, so I'm originally from the suburbs of Philadelphia. So like I said, I just moved down from Florida to Florida yeah. in January. Um, and I've always been kind of hopping up and down the upper East Coast states. Like I grew up around Philly, like I said, 40 minutes out. Um, yeah. Lived in D.C. for a long time, but my family still lives in Philly suburbs. And I grew up there until I went to college. So I was there from birth to like 18 or so. Um you know, suburbia, kind of like typical, like white picket fence, boring strip market, all of your, you know, chain eateries and all of that, but just suburbia around Philadelphia. See, that's the thing. It's like, I would, I've never met somebody who's like, I've lived in a city my whole life. I would have been like, no, I'm waiting for that. Like, no, it fascinates me. Like, I mean, I think it would be really cool being like, oh, I grew up in New York City, for example, when you yeah. were like four, but I can't imagine going to like grade school and just being brought up living in the middle of, like I said, New York or a big city. But I don't, I haven't met many people either that have had that city life their entire existence. And also, it's like, I feel like at that point, like, you could also you don't have to watch your language around kids from New York because it's like they've been on the subway like the whole time. So it's just like right. you could say fucking shit in front of them and nobody has a problem. But it's like you go to yeah. the suburbs and it's gonna. That's why I sometimes like for like Thanksgiving I like have like a friend's family that like I go over to Thanksgiving with and I like usually am very very quiet because I'm like mm -hmm. I don't want to say the wrong thing. Yeah, I don't my, want to say the wrong thing in front of your kids. <laughs> yeah, I mean, granted, my, my mom is still, I mean, that's a whole other story, but my mom is, like, relatively religious, and growing up, like, we weren't even allowed to say, like, crap. Like, that was considered to be a curse wow. word. So even when I go home today, like, my mom's gotten better now that me and my brother are both, like, adults, but even if I say, like, crap or something, even, like, relatively suggestive, she'll still, like, make a little bit of, like, a face or, like, you know, that you're just saying something wrong. But you're right. Like, I feel like if you live in the city, that's not even, wouldn't even get a second look because that's just what you hear walking down the street on a regular Yeah, day. exactly. Yeah. So, so, so what was it like for you growing up as a kid? Yeah. Um, I mean, kind of like I briefly said, I mean, my mom yeah. was really religious just because she was raised that way. My dad right. is Jewish, but never really like celebrated like Judaism. So like I, he just kind of let my mom do all of like the religious raising. And I feel like most of the rules, so to speak. Um, so I was actually kind of like sheltered as a kid and kind of held to this like standard of being forced, like what the right thing to do was when a lot of my parents or my a lot of my friends had a little more of like a lax, I feel like upbringing and they were allowed to do more. But I think that led me, I'm the kind of person who like when I'm told no, it kind of makes me want to do the opposite thing and rebel. So <laughs> of course I, mean, I followed, I, I followed my mom's rules. I wasn't, I wasn't like the kind of person who would like do shit just to be rebellious and test the waters. But I think it definitely made me like, as I get older, want to do the opposite and like explore as much as I could and do as much as I could. 
Um, so I, like I said, I had a pretty, like, I would say sheltered upbringing, but nothing like crazy or shocking. Um, I just like did my best to like follow like what my mom like wanted until I was old enough to have that awareness of like who I was and that, you know, decide what wasn't for me or what was for me. But yeah, I always grew up with that like idea of like, this was what life was supposed to be like going to youth group, like going to church every Sunday, even though even at that age, I was like, this is all not for me like this is not really what i believe and then once like college happened i obviously kind of turned the opposite way like i said but overall like nothing like crazy my upbringing it was just very typical suburbia you know and just followed my parents rules and did like dabbled in theater and like did all of the typical like gay kid things at the time without coming out and saying you're gay Um, but yeah I mean I it's no complaints like there's nothing like super like traumatic or anything that happened to me I don't think growing up that like made me who I was but it was just kind of like I said following like my parents rules and kind of trying to enjoy life the best I could where I was until I was old enough to have the realization to figure myself out and travel more and discover who I was as a person yeah see I was well, I was sheltered, but I'd say like sheltered light. So I also had like a religious upbringing. I was raised Catholic. So mm-hmm. like all of that. But I say like religious light because like my mom also introduced me to like Madonna, but it wasn't like the like sexual like erotica Madonna. It was more yeah. like um ray of light. And like that was my introduction and like. I'd say starting around like middle school is when I started to like do stuff where it's like I kind of broke the rules a little bit because like yeah yeah <laughs> my I, mom I <laughs> like my mom had like a stereo out in like the family room where she's like don't ever use my stereo and then when she <laughs> or then in the mornings when she would like leave the house I would just like crank it up and play music <laughs> really loud. yeah yeah like it's yeah because my yeah like my mom was like, I mean. My parents have definitely had the kind of parents where I, I never want to say my dad, I don't want to speak for him, where he like settled by marrying my mom. And I hope he never watches this. But like, he's, the kind of person who, he's just the kind of person who like he fell in love when they fell in love. And like, I think as he like grew in his marriage, he realized like he's just the kind of person who's kind of just stagnant. Is like, I'm not going to like fight for no reason. He's kind of goes with the flow. So that's when I said my mom did most of like the raising of us as, as we got older. She's like, I'm just going to let like your mom, like, you know, to do what she says. Like, I'm not going to step in and like interject. I'm going to let you do. He was just very blase and chill. But like, he would always step in. Like if I was like really pissing my mom off, he'd be the kind of person to be like, okay, can you, can you just like, please like listen to your mom? Like, I don't want to have to be the one to like intervene in this. I don't want to have to like raise my voice. It was kind of just like my mom set the rules and he was there as like, He's very supportive and loving and he's yeah. going to have my back if anything went wrong, but he's just a very like cool collected, like doesn't give a shit type of dad. So like, so I say my mom did most of like the parental stuff and he was kind of just there to go along with the flow and step in if he needed to be. Well, okay. Question. Was your dad like older? No, they're three years uh, old. I mean, both uh, my parents were, both my parents are relatively young. I think they're like still in their late, yeah, they're in their like late fifties, and I'm 32. So they had me when they yeah. were young in their early twenties. Like they met in college, um, and both my parents have like older and younger siblings. So I think my mom just kind of knew what she wanted. She knew she wanted kids, and my dad obviously yeah. wanted kids too. But she right. realized early on, like, not to fuck with my mom, and she was going to get her way anyway. So he's yeah. just 
there in the background. <laughs> well, it was it was the same for me. I asked that because like I have like an older dad. Well, actually, I have older parents. I'd say period. Like, well, we'll get to that in a minute. But it's like my dad's like my dad's. I'm younger than you. Like I'm 29, and my dad's like gonna be or my dad just turned 73 so i mean like oh, wow yeah so like yeah i have older yeah that's old i mean so, i don't want to say that's old that's that's very judgmental because it, it doesn't matter but that's still old older to have a child like to start parenting yeah like early 50s yeah that yeah that's why like my my sister used to get like upset every time i'd call my dad old i'm like because <laughs> i'm like i'm like he is old because my dad was like 53 when i was 10 so i mean right. like yeah like all this old some grandparents would be like starting to be yeah. kids like at the same age yeah yeah that's interesting and that's why i used to make all the old jokes and my sister used to get mad i'm like <laughs> yeah i mean it's all relative and like yeah. objective but yeah like most people like especially growing up like where i did like i said in like typical suburbia like most of our parents yeah. were around like the same age like 25 30 years older than we were Right. So, I was, okay. So, what was it like for you coming out? Um. So that happened a little bit later for me. Like I, I knew at like a younger age. Like I feel like most gay people do or did. Right. I would say I started like actually noticing it when I was in like early middle school when I just started mm -hmm. finding like the physical idea of a man to be more attractive than females. But yes. like I said, with my, it wasn't even so much the fact that my mom was religious that made me hesitant to come out. It was just, I knew it would be a problem, but also the area that I grew up in, it was still very much the type of person where like people would use gay, even as that age as like a slur or like yeah. a comment. And I just didn't have friends who were gay. It wasn't really a thing in my area. So I just started to kind of just like keep those ideas to myself. And I knew I had those questions, but it was never right. I was comfortable enough to say. Um, so I went that way through high school. Obviously, people could kind of tell that I was different just by the way that I yeah. talked or whatever my, you know, ways that I like displayed myself. But I still would always be like, no, I'm not gay. Like, ew, like, ew, who <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, like, like no, fuck you. Um, yeah, I even like did things that looking back on were objectively gay. Like I, I did all the musicals. Like my parents tried to push me to do sports, and I never wanted to do those things. Um, but it sucked because Same. the older, like the older you get, and like you have that mentality of trying to like closet yourself or like keep a part of who you are secluded. It's like right. harder, harder for you to like live that way because you know you're like living this lie. Um, so like even into like my early years of college, I don't think looking back on it, I always like try to think of the exact moment that I came out, but it wasn't until I actually graduated college in 2013 that I openly mm -hmm. told people I was gay. So even throughout college, um, I like told most people that I was straight. And then I think my senior year in college was when, like I said, I didn't even come out yet, but I started, I think like at like parties, there'd be like, sometimes I like made out with a guy or like I explored physical elements of being gay, but it was never right. really shared. Um, but then once I graduated officially in May of like 2013, it was kind of like, fuck this. Like I'm not getting any younger. I'm 20 yeah. now. Like, you know what I mean? Like I live wherever I want. I don't have to deal with the judgment of my parents as harshly. And I finally 
like had my first boyfriend, which is another like story how that happened. But once I started dating him, I told some friends first. Like I remember calling my best friend on the phone and telling her, and like she was very supportive, and it was like very much like I know, but no one wants the friend like to be like, yeah, I knew you were gay this whole time, but I didn't want to say anything. Yeah, very supportive. Like every friend who I slowly started telling from there on, it got like easier and easier to tell them. And then I remember like six months later. Once I was like dating, like I said, my first boyfriend at the time, I remember like finally mustering up the courage to tell my mom and I called her first. And at first she like didn't believe it and cried. And it was a whole big debacle. And she asked like how I knew and like why I was choosing now to tell her. Um, and eventually like we didn't talk for like it was maybe a couple of days or like a week at most. But she like right. didn't realize that it wasn't a big deal. And then she told my dad and like I told you before, my dad said yeah. about anything. And he's like, yeah. he's just like, oh, your mom told me like, you OK? Like, do you want to talk about it? And I was like, no, yeah. not really. And he's like, OK, great. Like, me neither. Um, but then so like that was fine. Like all my friends are mostly fine. But then like, again, my mom, since she was so religious, obviously her parents were religious. And I think that was kind of a big thing was not knowing if it was appropriate to tell my grandparents. But once you start coming out to that level and finally accepting who you are, you don't want to feel like you still have to live this like half closeted life to like your grandparents or other people. Right. So it became a thing where like my mom kind of decided over time, like, that we agreed like it's fine that I was this way and like she accepted me but she at least wanted to wait until she knew how to tell like my grandparents and like over like a course of a year probably um we like finally told them and it's still not something that we like openly discuss and I go home and just talk about gayness and like everything that I'm doing in right my- but now, thankfully, like after 10 years have passed like I've introduced everyone to like boyfriends or guys that I'm dating um so like overall coming out really really wasn't too too bad comparatively to some horror stories that i've heard like obviously that we all hear every day and people are like left and kicked out of the house and things like that which i'm thankful for um but it it was like in the middle of the spectrum where like it was mostly just me being comfortable with myself as opposed to worrying this whole time like if i'd be judged or what my parents would say or what the family's response would be so in the middle i would say of like the road of a really tough coming out and a really easy coming out. But I think like, like I said, the longest thing of it was me just taking away what people would think of me and that judgment. Um, Cause like once I said, my mom was told the rest of it was like yeah. smooth sailing, thankfully. See, the reason why I laughed is we're, I had, I had a rough coming out. We're going to go into it, but it's like, it's like the, I would say like the weirdest thing is like, you talked about all the people you had to come out to. Mm-hmm. And again, for being somebody who's my age, it's like weird to say this statement, but it's like a lot of my family is dead. Like that's sad. <laughs> honestly, but I understand what yeah, you mean. Yeah. Because it's like, I never had to worry about telling grandparents because both sets of grandparents, mm-hmm. my, um, again, having an older dad, my, um, my um dad's mother my grandma died when i was 12 so i mean she was the last living grandparent i had Mm. and then like so then okay so to my coming out story so i say in some ways i was fortunate because i only had to tell one parent because i came out four months after my mom died so oh wow 
that's a lot yeah. to happen in like your life at one time. Yeah. Like, yeah. Big life changes at one time. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to get worse. So, <laughs> so like I told my dad and my sister who were both accepting. That's good. Which was good. Yeah. I came out to a youth minister mistake. I feel like that could, I, I want to hear more about that. So I feel like in today's society, like sometimes certain churches can be like super tolerant and like super lenient about it and totally accepting. And other times you have different churches and different denominations that are still like would judge it like very severely. Well, because, okay, I'll say this. If it was like an older youth minister, I would have, I feel like it would have gone a little bit better. This, this guy was 23 years old. So like, I told him about this like performance idea I had with like a knife and how I'd practice stabbing myself because I'm dramatic, obviously. <laughs> and so he left the room. He came back in about 10 minutes later. He said, you have one of two options. Either you're coming with me or I'm calling the cops. Coming and with was, me to do what? If I had known what he was going to do, I would have let him call the cops. Right. So he took he took me to get a psyche valve. Uh, okay, that was that was like okay, that was different than I was expecting, but okay. That's I passed. I passed it. Here's here's the part. I passed it. He so lied. Funny. He lied to the um, people at the hospital to make it seem like I was lying, and as a result, I got locked in a mental institution for sixty four hours. That is mind blowing. I mean, it's, it's it's interesting because, like, I mean, I know age is just a number, and it doesn't necessarily yeah. like a, it's not parallel to like your mentality. But you would think that a younger youth minister around, like, in their twenties, would be more right. accepting of like the time and be more accepting of that than someone who is older. But I guess, like I said, it just depends on like the denomination, the specific right. church, like how strictly they follow the Bible or whatever. But that's horrible. Yeah. Well, actually, no. I say mental... Okay. I have to describe this a little bit better. Because mental institution, I feel like, puts a better a better like vision of where I was like in people's minds. So, essentially, the place that I was in, there weren't like people in white coats. Like, there wasn't anything like that. Thank God. I would have felt scared in a place like that. Yeah, for real. But, like... But, like, it was still a place where, like, I had to give them... I had to give them everything. I had to give them my phone, my wallet, my keys, my shoes. That's ugh, that's so messed up. It, it sucks. Like when you're like you're like you said, like you're finally in a place where like you're comfortable like telling people and like finally yeah. you're still like going through so much like struggling internally, and then you finally feel comfortable to start to talk about it, and that's the like response that you get. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, it's not exactly a positive like reinforcing that you did the right thing. It's like it just kind of like puts you back into like, oh, am I doing the right thing by coming out? Did I like do the right thing by telling this person when you shouldn't have those reservations at all? Yeah, that's which, which I will say, like, eventually, as you say, when you step back from it, like in the moment, like it feels like shocking. But like once you step back from it enough, you kind of find the humor in what happened, like. I think I mean I think that's how a lot of people I mean everyone's different but I think that's how a yeah. lot of people like resolve 
or not resolve, but like get over trauma. I mean, another long story, yeah. I was arrested, I was in jail for four months. And looking back on that, like now it's like really mind blowing because that was such like a life altering like thing that really like fucked yeah. people mentally. But like looking back on it now, and it was only a few years ago, like I just like be my friends and the people just find ways to like laugh about it because like yeah, what what else you know what I mean like what else are you gonna do like it it just you find humor in like the dark things to kind of get over something and get yeah. Through. My favorite was, and I love telling people this part. So there was a lady in there who was like didn't speak English, but like what she did was she made like flowers out of like cigarette cartons. <laughs> so <laughs> like I'm like I'm like you better work, bitch. Like <laughs> good for her. Yeah, good for yeah. Her. <laughs> that's crazy. But good for you though. I mean, like, like yeah. that's that's yeah. the shit that like as crazy as it is and traumatic it is. And sometimes when you hear it, yeah. like, holy shit, it, it still makes you like part of who you are and it still helps you like, yeah. like get through the trauma by like becoming so lighthearted about it and finding humor in it. And then like after I got out, so I have to say, first of all, before I say this next part. There are a lot worse versions of what happened to me. So I, I went into conversion therapy. But as I said, there were there are worse versions. Like I wasn't like electroshocked or anything like that. Like yeah, that's but yeah. yeah, you hear shit like that, which is but it, yeah. yeah. But it's like I did have someone who was a therapist. That's what it was described to me as. She worked for the church. She wasn't a therapist. She's basically a counselor they trapped in a room with me. Got me to talk. And then at some point, she's like, well, let's just pray to see if this can go away. I think it was on like session like three or four. So and, and we did. And then I thought, I thought it worked for about <laughs> six hours. And then like, I saw a guy who I was like attracted to. I saw his ass and then got hard. And I'm like, nope. <laughs> well, so were Didn't you were, were you in a place at this time where like you feel like you were still, I guess, like able or willing to like change your mind? Or were you in a point where you're like, fuck this, I know I'm gay. I'm just gonna like say what I have to do in order to like, you know what I mean, convince them that I'm not and get the fuck out of here. No, I thought, well, this is the thing. I came out as bisexual. Okay. And it was like, it was about two years. It was two years later when I finally said I was gay. It was a time where, like, oh, I remember exactly what it was. So I went to go see, I went to see Lady Gaga and Sharon the same month. And my sister's like, just admit that you're gay. Right. No, totally straight. It just happened to love both. That's my favorite. <laughs> and I'm like, fine, you're right. You know what? You're right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, sometimes that's what it takes, like, other, I mean, maybe you knew, maybe you didn't, but I feel like it takes yeah. other people, like, kind of, like, connecting the dots for you, being like, you just right. saw Sharon Lady Gaga, like, you're gay. <laughs> Spoiler <laughs> alert. <laughs> that's funny. Did you, like, how, I mean, when you were there, like, how, like, you said you were there for, like, 60 or 70 hours, like, how did yeah. they, like, what were their guidelines to decide that, like, you were good to go, or that you were cured, or, like, how did they sign off on your paperwork to be dismissed? Okay, so... What happened was, so I was the only reason I had to stay 64 hours is because this is the way, at least I believe, I was brought in on a weekend. 
Okay. And it took so like I was um tested and everything. Okay, so I'll just go into more details about this. So sure. when they what when they what's called, I don't know if they call it this in um Philly where you're from, but in Florida they call it Baker acting when they basically put you on a suicide home. And it's like huh. so it's like so when they did it, like what happened was I was like sitting back, like my dad had already been like called or my, I had already called my dad. I was like on the phone with my dad and I'm like, and I'm like, yeah, just come back here and get me. And then all of a sudden I had a copy on him. He's like, get off the phone. I'm like, that's yeah. Damn. And I'm like, and then I was put into a room and it took them five hours to tell me. So I was just sitting in this hospital room, not knowing anything. That's so crazy. So, so because it was a weekend, you had to almost like wait until like a weekday to have like the authorization to be like cleared or someone to like be there to have like a power. to. Well, clear. this was the thing. It's like, I don't know. It's like, it's like the weekend psychiatrist was like. Well, I'm trying to think about how to phrase it. It's almost like he was trying to make me feel guilty for like being a performer and like having these ideas and like practicing them. He's like, he's like playing with knives is dangerous. I'm like, I know that. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I understand. Right, right, right. But then, like on Monday, when a diff, when I guess like the regular person, he literally talked to him, talked to my dad, and he's like. This is a well-adjusted young man. I don't know why somebody ever brought him in here. Like, yeah, because like it almost like when you said that, it almost like reminded me like of like a jail situation where like sometimes yeah. if you're arrested on like a Friday or a Saturday, you're held longer because you have to wait for like the judges and like the people that yeah. work weekdays to like process you. So you're kind of fucked if right. you're stuck there on a weekend because you have to wait until Monday anyway to start the actual yeah. processing process and be seen by a judge. So it's just like but, luck, bad luck of timing, basically, like when you get put there. Yeah. And like, this is just the proof. When I was like brought to this place, they didn't even have room for me. So like they didn't even have a room for me. So like I literally my first night there, there's like a bed next to the reception desk. So like you're sleeping there. That's so nuts. And what city in Florida was this in? Was this like this was. This was in okay, so I know you're not familiar with this area. This is in um this was in this was in Fort Pierce. So like like South Florida or like West. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no. It's 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 in okay, so it's like where I'm at, it's about like an hour north of me. Okay. So okay. like because what happened was the youth minister brought me into one hospital and they're like, there was a facility that was like maybe 30 minutes. Like there would have been like a facility that's like 30 minutes away. Instead, he drove me to the next available hospital, which was an hour away. So it's like, yeah. Well, yeah, I just asked that because, like, I mean, I've lived here long enough now to know that there are certain, like, pockets and regions in Florida that, I mean, obviously the political system in Florida as a state is fucked up on a whole other story. But, like, there are obviously yes. pockets of the city that are, like, like South Florida, for a lot of Miami people, are obviously a little more 
accepting and a little more like caught up with the generation right you drive like hours in a certain direction you're suddenly in like the most conservative different landscape entirely well see this is the thing where it's like i consider like here's the thing like as you said miami's very like liberal younger and it's yeah, just it, younger. it's just in like a liberal sense and like Orlando is liberal, but it's liberal in a different way because it's like yes, liberal, but there's like a large black population in Orlando, so mm -hmm. it's like liberal, but it's religious. So it's like mm -hmm. it's a little bit different kind of liberal, but it's like it's still yeah. it's not like as conservative. Like, yeah, I mean, it's not always the case, but I guess when I, it usually I feel like when you think like city, like just because yeah. you have like a bigger population, people are a little more liberal as a whole there are exceptions but like then you drive to like the more rural areas of the state even in like pennsylvania like philly is obviously more liberal you can yeah. drive west to like harrisburg area and you're in like trump territory passing all of these like trump flags it's just like the same state can be so different politically even though it's just the state and florida yeah. is the perfect example of that where like there's so many pockets of different levels of acceptance and ways of upbringing and et cetera et cetera well, that's because South Florida also has a lot of transplant wool, a lot of transplant like New Yorkers. So it's like, and then, but even with that, it's like you have a mix of like, you have the Jewish people who are usually more like liberal, but then you meet like some New Yorkers who are like very conservative. It's like, mm -hmm. sure. it's like, how is, it's like, y'all came from the same city. It's like, yeah. No, I mean, it all goes back to say, like, obviously, like, we yeah. can go off a whole podcast about how Florida is a fucking fascinating place in itself. But yes, yes, it's <laughs> it's a place. <laughs> so, I know you said you just moved to Fort Lauderdale, or um, to, you're in where? You're in Fort Lauderdale or you're in Miami? Fort Lauderdale. Yeah, like, yes. in, like 10 minutes away from, like, Wilton Manors. Yeah. So, what was it like for you moving to Fort Lauderdale? So it was very easy. Like um, I spent, like I said, most of my time in between college and now I lived in New York for like a little bit. Um, I moved away from DC for like seven months, but I just like the more I lived in DC, I just realized it wasn't for me. Um, and I just got like more and more bored of it. So I'm the kind of person who like very much welcomes change. I just have like ADD in all sides of my life. And I just yeah. like traveling and like moving. And I had great friends in DC, but like even after a couple of years of it, I was just like, okay, I want to get the fuck out of here. But I just had nothing to finally like push me to like do it. Like there was no breaking point where I was like, okay, now is the time to move. Yeah. Um, so like last year, I was like in a two-year relationship at the time, and I knew I wanted to break up with my boyfriend. And not that that was, I would say, the reason that pushed me out. So I would have had no problem staying in D.C. and like resolving things with him there. But it was kind of yeah. like, you know, I'm bored of D.C. anyway. Like, I've been wanting to leave for years. I'm living with my boyfriend and in this relationship that I'm not happy with anymore. I yeah. have a full-time job where I work in marketing. So I was like, I, I work remote, which is great. So it was kind of like all these like connections were being made for me. It was like, look, now you have the chance to actually get up and try something different. Like all the stars are aligning, like you can end your relationship. You can try something new, you know, like now's the time that you've been like waiting for, for all these years to finally get the fuck out of DC. So I was just so over. Yeah. 
And it was just this weird situation where I, I travel so much and I have experiences in like so many cities around the US. I have like friends almost like in every big city. So I literally could have lived anywhere. And people always ask yeah. me, why the fuck did you choose South Florida? Like having this blank slate. And it was just because like last year I was traveling down here a lot for my other job, like my marketing job. Yeah. I work for a fitness chain that has a bunch of locations in South Florida. So I was just getting like more and more close to like a lot of my friends down here. So at the time it kind of made me put on these like rose colored glasses where I was like, oh, they're having the time of their lives. Like they party all the time. And like, I was enjoying like getting to know my friends down here better. So I was kind of like, it's an easy move. It's like not super yeah. far away. I can get home and see family easily. So I ended things with my boyfriend. I basically said like, I'm like finally moving. It obviously wasn't news for him either that I was like getting tired of DC because I'd always complain to him anyway. And I feel like everyone yeah. in DC always says they hate, DC, they hate DC and they're looking for a reason to move. So it wasn't shocking to anyone that I was leaving. Um, but you're like, I'm the kind of person who I'm like very social. I'm relatively easy to get along with. And I kind of adapt to like the personalities of who I'm around. So yeah, to Florida, it wasn't, it was very easy. Like, like I said, I had friends down here already. Like I kind of knew the area and the lay of the land from coming down here so often for work. I obviously love to go out and party and I'm not going to lie. I'm like a circuit queen. I say that with like a little <laughs> bit of movement, but I own the fuck out of it. So like, that's why it was kind of like, people always ask like why I chose to be here. And there really wasn't one reason. It was just because it was a place to go that I like knew enough about. I knew it checked all the boxes at the moment that I was looking for. And yeah. I know I'm not going to be here forever. I might not last down here for longer than a couple of years, but <laughs> I'm content with it for now and it's warmer than it was in DC. I have a good group of friends. I'm obviously like thriving in my alt life that I've just kind of discovered for myself. So it hasn't really been a hard adjustment. It's just very different culturally and <laughs> weather wise, but I like it so far, I guess. All the jokes about yeah. the outside. See, I will say this. Now I can tell you why I moved to Orlando. So the first time See, the first time I made a mistake, the first time I lived in the suburbs. So it's like suburbs of Orlando. Yeah. So I lived like half an hour outside of the city. So I pretty much like stayed in my apartment the whole time. Yeah. I was well, I'm a musician. So like what I would do is like I would perform at like different open mics and like do that kind of stuff. I'm actually, as I say, the drag queen who actually has the different experience of performing in straight bars first, but it's like... That's interesting. Yeah, That's I story. do. I, yeah. We'll get a little more into that when we <laughs> talk about the first time you perform. So it's like... So it's like when I moved back home afterwards, and then like when I moved back, my, my sister thought I was crazy. So like I moved into the hood in Orlando, but... She's like, it's so unsafe. I'm like, yeah, but it's affordable. Yeah. Orlando in general, like yeah. even not like down, well, even downtown Orlando, like obviously the prices are so different of like apartments and real estate. It's like, like just cause I, my friends down here, a lot yeah. of them like similar to you that were like, they kind of move around Florida. Like a yeah. lot of my friends came from Orlando or lived in Orlando recently. Yeah. And like just a few months ago, we did like a Disney trip for the first time where like a bunch yeah. of us like went down to Orlando just for a weekend. And of course, the yeah. point of the weekend ended up being like basically nothing to do with Disney. And we just partied and went to like the gay yeah. places in Orlando. But it was like my first experience being in Orlando, like literally a month ago. It's ironic that wasn't yeah. like Disney World or Universal with my family. Yeah. 
and I got to see like more of the city and they introduced me to like their friend group that still lives in Orlando. So I saw yeah. like, the gay clubs and the gay bars and it's just, it's, it was fun for a weekend, but I could not imagine permanently living in Orlando as like a, it's just, it's just very, very different. Very, very different. It's well, it's like, so yeah, I lived there the second time I lived there for three years and it's like, well, actually three, almost four years. And like, I ended up, yeah, I ended up having to like move back home because there's something with an apartment. Like, they literally. So it wasn't like anything. I got kicked out of an apartment. So, like, I got kicked out of an apartment and ended up moving back home. It's like one of those things where it's like, as I say, they kicked me out for a stupid reason. They kicked me out because they like said my apartment wasn't like wasn't like clean enough because it was like i think that guy had like clothes on my floor or something like how they even know and like how they, they know went that. they went into my apartment one time without like telling me and so they did a surprise inspection like clearly a bullshit reason that they were just yeah trying to get you out for yeah whatever else because it's like i always pay my rent on time like i'm not one of those people who's like people who like get the like I mean, granted, like, obviously it's hard and sometimes you get an eviction notice on your thing, but it's like, yeah, yeah. I'm always the person who's like, try to pay rent within like five days of when it's due, because it's usually like yeah. what most places do, and it's like, it's like, I'm paying my rent on time, it's like, I'm like, yes, am I cleaning up as much as like some people do, but in my defense, I was working a lot of times like 12 hour days, so it's like, I was never home. Right. Was this like an apartment, like um, like an apartment, like complex building, or was yes, it like a house yes. that has like a landlord and like four? No, 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 it was an apartment complex. The I lived, I lived two places. I lived, I lived in a duplex the majority of the time I was in Orlando, and the reason I ended up leaving there is because, as I said, paying rent on time. There was so like. One year, like my um, landlord forgot to have me sign a lease, but I kept paying rent, so he didn't notice that I didn't sign a lease. So, like the next time he got me to sign a lease, he wanted to raise my rent a hundred dollars. I'm like, no, no, fuck that. I'm no, fine I'm, with no. my month to month hidden arrangement that we have. Yeah, <laughs> and it's like, and I'm like that because he he like the first year raised my rent fifty dollars, but he like hired a, like a um like a lawn mowing service. I'm like, that's fine. You want to raise my rent $50? That makes sense. But right, it's like it's justified or something. Yeah. 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 But it's like, you want to raise my rent a hundred because like, you're like everything around here is going for more than this. I'm like, yeah, this apartment's a piece of shit. Like also, it's not, it was not even true. Like all buildings like try to raise it. And then it frustrates the shit out of me. Cause like even my building that I'm in now, yeah. for example, my lease is up in January. And yeah. I can see like my exact unit or like the layouts of the unit that are like cheaper than I'm paying like currently for rent. Yeah. But they're still going to send me a notice saying like, oh, we're raising your rent. Even though I'm not a dumbass, I can log online and see that like this exact layout is cheaper than I'm currently paying. Yeah. You're going to try yeah. to convince me that it's worth more than that. It's so stupid. Yeah. And it's like, they're talking about like all these skyscrapers downtown. I'm like, yes. I'm in the middle. Okay, this this is how like hood this place I was living at. So there were people, there were people 
next door to not right right next door to me but like the next like house yeah. over who were raising chickens that they let roam around free and i'm like yeah you're the- i would call that hood and hood adjacent yes it's like <laughs> and i'm like you're gonna tell me that this place is worth right you can't just more yeah i understand it, yeah it's like i mean granted being I was older the first time I had sex, so being surrounded by black people, being a thick bitch with a fat ass helped. <laughs> fair, fair, fair. That's like, what was it? How did I describe? I describe, I described my front door as like Disney World for dick. Like, <laughs> I'm sure that helped your cause too. Like with your landlord, like not to pay like rent. Like I should get a discount. Because yeah. Dot dot dot. Yeah. <laughs> It's like you're not gonna get anybody. I I saw it. Like I searched up like my apartment. It's there's nobody living in it now. Of course, right. And it's and it's and it's like they want nine hundred dollars for it. I'm like, are you insane? Oh my god, what I wouldn't get. I mean, I know like that's like relatively normal for like Orlando, but like nine hundred dollars to me when I hear that for rent sounds like it's like a fucking like bargain special. If I got like nine hundred dollar rent, I'd be like, sign me up. I was paying when I left that apartment. I was paying seven fifty. So I mean, like, was it your own yeah. place, or was this like a shared room in a? No, 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 no. no. It was a it was a one bedroom apartment. God, that's that's also the difference too. Like living up like the in the East Coast cities. Like to me, when yeah. I do that, that's like such a discount special. But down here, that's not like it's normal ish price. If you're not in like Fort Lauderdale, Miami, that's not crazy. But yeah, to me that just sounds like such a fucking bargain. I would be like, where can I find nine hundred dollar rent? <laughs> I know that's that's why I would never. Well, that's why I would never move to Miami. That and like, I will say this: like, I got I've as I said, I've driven in Orlando. I've driven in Atlanta. I drove in Miami like a few months ago, and I'm like, fuck, I hate driving here. Like, oh, I, don't even, I don't even have a car down here. Granted, I haven't had a car like since college just because I've always lived in like big metropolitan areas. So I've never like really yeah. needed one, but I just haven't even bothered getting one now here because I just Uber to like Wilton or I'll have friends drive me or what have you or I walk. So I haven't had to even deal with it. But the times I have driven, I like feel your pain and I know how bad drivers in Florida are, but also locally, especially, it's terrible. Well, it's also like Miami has like public transit, right? Yes, I don't know how yes. good it is, or like all the, like the jokes that people say about it. But yes, they do have somewhat of a public transportation. It, at least they have public transit in Orlando. Yeah. There's a bus. Right. There's a bus, and there's like there's not even a train that runs in the city. There's a um, what is it? The Bright Line that runs like starts yeah. in Orlando. There, there's no That's... there's a there's a bus. So it's like. Yes. Yeah, and the bright line is how like I mean I don't even go to Miami, Miami that often. But when I'm not yeah. driving with a friends or paying like a crazy amount yeah. from Uber, I'll take the bright line. But that used to be just Fort Lauderdale to Miami, and they just started yeah. Orlando service within the last few months. Yeah, but it's nice. Anyways, but yeah, yeah, yeah. yes, I understand. <laughs> so that's why like I used to be able to like walk to my job, which was good because like that's great. There were there were some days like. I will say, like, this is a whole nother rant, but I will say this. Anyone who thinks, oh, they should own an American car? No. 
<laughs> my car was like in and out of the shop like all the time. The whole yeah. time I was in Orlando. It's like I'm yeah, like I, I don't miss. I mean, like there are obviously benefits of having a car and some days I'm like, yeah, yeah. it would be easy to get from here. But overall, when I think about like insurance, gas, like paying for repairs, etc., I'm like, I really don't even miss having a car. Like it's just not worth it. But see where you live. I, I wouldn't mind being in a city like having a car where it's like I could use it just if like I needed it, but like most of the time be using like public transit. Like exactly. And that's the thing too about like living in like at least most apartment buildings. Like I live in a building, but that's how people complain yeah. about the cost has risen so much because they basically charge you for your parking space, which in some of these buildings can literally be like three hundred dollars a month. So you're basically paying to park your car which half the time you might not even use anyway. So it's like saying wow. you're just paying more money for it to just like sit here when you're using it to go like 15 minutes away to like a friend's house or like a grocery store. It's just, it's the cost outweighs not having, yeah. you know what I'm saying? It's, it's better to not have a car and avoid all those unnecessary costs. Right. So what made you want to start doing OnlyFans? It's a very, very good question. Um, so like I said, I when I first moved down to Florida, it wasn't even like something that was totally, so as of January, this wasn't even something that I was totally leaned into. Um, not, not, I don't even say this out of arrogance, but it's just how like the thought kind of came into my mind. But like I said, being like a circuit queen, whatever you want to call it, I've been going yeah. to parties like all over the country and like meeting new people. And I just have a very expressive and like outgoing personality. So especially when I'm yeah. drunk or doing things that make me inebriated, um, <laughs> I'm like even more so like I have no issue like going up to people or like introducing myself or like being the person to kind of bring people together. And it's like a lot of the like responses that I would get at parties are like, oh my God, like you're so hot or something. Or do you even OnlyFans? Like you should start OnlyFans. You'd be perfect for like this kind of thing. And I'm like very, I like to think that I'm like a very humble person. Like, so yeah. at the time when I first started hearing that, it was just like flattering, but it was like, no, like, haha, like, thank you so much. But like, no, that's not something that I even am interested in. But the more that kind of started being like things that I would hear, like the idea, like slowly, slowly would like creep more and more into my mind. Like, oh, well, if there's yeah. a for it or people are at least interested in like asking me about it, then maybe it's yeah. something that I could monetize. But even at the time, like even as of like a year ago, it was just what kind of like made the thought process start. But I was still not really interested in it just because of like family and work. And like I'm the kind of person who unless I totally like want to like lean forward and commit with it, there's no point in me doing it half assed. Um, yeah. And, you know, like, you know, like more than anyone probably like to actually make money and be successful in OnlyFans. Like it's so much fucking work. It's like not just about like, haha, having sex. Like this is really fun. Like, no, you have to market yourself. You have to find creators. Yeah. Like you have to put a lot of fucking time and energy into it. Um, so then when I like first finally, like a little under a year ago, thought, OK, like maybe this could be fun or at least something to try. My ex, like boyfriend, the one that I was talking about that I yeah. lived see with he used to date like another only fans like porn star and he basically i don't want to say he was mean about it because i understand his reasoning but he was the kind of boyfriend who was like fuck you like if we're together like you're not like there's no chance like you're doing only fans yeah also going back to the way that i was with my upbringing like i said with my mom i'm the kind of person who, if you tell me no then i'm going to be like no fuck you like i want to do the opposite of that so, yeah like, i'm going to like pursue this more um, so I moved down to Florida 
Does that not like honestly not even with the intention of like doing OnlyFans and breaking up with him just for that purpose? But now that I was down here in a place where like there's so many creators and like all of this lifestyle is like pushed into your face, um, I realized like, hey, I'm single, like I'm young-ish now. Like if I'm gonna even like try this now is the time to kind of give it a shot. Yeah. And I have a bunch of friends that like I knew that did it. So I would slowly start to like ask them questions that to me like I wanted answered before making a decision. Like, oh, like how much work is this really? Like, how did you get started? Like, how did you market yourself? Because I just like think like very full processed. And like I started to ask those questions. And like over time, I was like, fuck it, let's do it. Let's see how it goes. And like over time, I just became more comfortable with the idea, I wanted to see how it was. And that was like I said in May or June. And yeah. since then I yeah, it was a very gradual, like overtime process. It wasn't like I just woke up one day and was like, fuck it, I need it for income or like this is going to be a full-time job it was just something that like the interest slowly kind of was building and i was asking these questions over years and then one day like recently i was just like okay like i feel like now's the time to give it a go and it just has slowly been and slowly transpired over like the course of a couple years yeah see I actually had an OnlyFans content creator on here a few weeks ago and like he was trying to convince me to do it. And this is my thing. Not that like, it's not like, oh my God, I think the idea is so horrible. My thing is at some point I know, like as a musician, like I'm a singer songwriter. I want to mm -hmm. put out that. I want to put out an album and I don't want everyone to be like, oh, this only fans content creators thinks that they could do fucking music. And then I don't want to sit there and like have to yeah. defend myself and be like, no, sis, I've been writing songs since I was 14 years old. Shut the fuck up and let right. me do. You no, know, I mean, I, I think I, I kind of go back and forth on that because, A, I think like anyone, regardless, like it's 2023, years out, like if you want to do something yeah. and you have interest in it, regardless of your career or your profession, yeah, obviously it's not that easy, but like you should fucking do it. It's your life. But I also think, especially in gay culture, in the gay world, I hate that at least when OnlyFans was launching, it felt like all the gays were like getting OnlyFans just because they thought they could. And they're like, oh, I'm hot. I want to film myself having sex. Like, this is fun. It's like, just because you can and you have the outlet to do it doesn't mean that you should like get an OnlyFans just because you think the idea is like alluring or like you just want like, yeah. an excuse to have sex. It's like, no, do it because like you actually find some kind of like, creativity or like you actually have like a passion or like there's a reason that you want to do it and i know some people do it like full time because they need it for like financial means and that's great and if they are um, they have the outlet and the like a uh, ability yeah. to pull that off and that's amazing but i don't people i basically have to say like oh someone like convinced me to do it or i felt like i had to do it because someone put the idea in my mind it's like no do it because you actually have some sort of like interest or like passion in doing it. And it's not just like some crazy idea someone put into your head. And now you think you should do it because someone's telling you it's a good idea. But some of them needed to, because <laughs> I see both sides. I just, I just hate like the stereotype of like, especially like I said, especially when it was starting, it just felt like everyone you'd hear like was like, oh, I'm just gonna do an OnlyFans because I can. Or like everyone wants to see me with an OnlyFans. I'm like, no bitch, no one wants to see you on OnlyFans. Like, it's just just because like you can do something doesn't mean you should. But I'm also like if you if you have a passion for it and like you want to do it, like of course, like I'm 
do what makes you happy. But like, I just, I just hate how like in Gerald, especially lately, it seems like everyone's just doing it because they think it's like the thing to do, or they think there's this high demand to see them on OnlyFans. But some of them have no personality besides that, so they should just keep on doing. It. Yes, yes. <laughs> it's just like the, the 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 market is so like oversaturated with just like boring, like muscular, fit, like attractive, like gay white men having sex, and I'm yeah. like, I understand that that's like sadly what like a lot of demand for it is, but. Yeah, like just because you know what I mean. Like, I don't know. It's it's like I understand yeah. why all the stereotypes of OnlyFans exist, and like I think a lot of times, like we as either creators or even people subscribing to them, like feed into it for sure. But yeah. agreed. Like a lot of the people that I've met and a lot of the struggles that I've faced with OnlyFans has been dealing with, like you said, these almost like personalityless. It's such a struggle, like getting people to like agree to collab with. But that is a lot of yeah. the market, and that is a lot of what OnlyFans is today, which is sad. Yeah, but I'm realizing that more and more the further I like go into it. Right. As I said, I, I, I sometimes see on Instagram like people say like, "I'm basically gonna cut back on doing OnlyFans. I'm gonna go like back into nursing." I'm thinking like, "Good luck losing half your fans." <laughs> fucker like are you stupid well that's also why it's hard because like to make you have to actually obviously work to make money and that's why i right. try to like i mean it sometimes it's hard with like my other job and working but like right people are paying to see you because you're like putting out content like no one's going to pay whatever amount a month to see you post once or post like a picture of you in your fucking bathroom with a boner just because it's like content like people are gonna unsubscribe or like stop paying for a service that you're not keeping like updated or like actually putting work into. So it's like yeah. if you have the ability to like put out new content and keep a hold of your subscribers, that's great. However, you're doing it, but you know you have to like pick a lane at some point. Like you either have to put the time into it and make it profitable, or pick something else, or like do both, but do do both successfully and have the time and energy to put into both another career and your OnlyFans as well right it's hard it's really fucking hard especially when you have another job like anyone who works multiple jobs right. in capacity understands how tricky it is to like feel stressed and overworked and be working 12 hours a day and then also putting time into another job right totally and i will say to those of you thinking about leaving only fans and think oh i'm gonna go do music no <laughs> we do we do not need another talentless person making music like <laughs> No, it's hard. It's, it's like pick like I understand like if you like I said if you have the time and the passion to do multiple things and yeah. you do well amazing. But to most people, I feel like need to kind of like stay in their lanes to an extent and do what a they want, but b is it looks like success to them. Like it's you don't just yeah. need to be putting your like your hat in all the buckets because you can. Right. So what was it like for you the first time you filmed? um so without going like too far on a tangent that's kind of like a tricky yeah. question for me because the first video i ever posted on only fans was like almost just like a regular sex video that i actually ironically filmed at a circuit party with someone <laughs> who is a very big name in the only fans industry so i met this person or this couple 
knowing like who they were and they like wanted to film us having sex. And I was the kind of person who I'm like, sure. But like, we all agreed like not to post it because I knew they were on OnlyFans. I wasn't at the time. So I was like, this is yeah. just, like, a hot sex video for me. So at the time it was like, almost like, I can't really say like that was my first experience being filmed. Cause it was almost just like me filming like a regular sex video with a hookup or with a friend. Right. But like I ended up knowing who they were and knowing that they wouldn't care that it was posted. I ended up using that as like my first actual content that was posted. So that's like what's kind of like a tricky answer is because like it was I was it wasn't filmed with the intent of me posting it on OnlyFans and like having the mentality right. of, oh, this is sex being filmed for work. But I had the idea that this might end up someday like seeing the light of day or being like seen by the public. So like that was fine and not as much pressure because it was more just like recreational fucked up sex. Right. But then when I did my actual first like collaboration, it was like very different because you, like you said, you're like, you're going into it with this totally different mentality. This isn't just for fun. Yeah. You're not worried about performance. I'm mostly a top. So I can only like hide my faking it so much. Like if I'm not hard, right. it's not going to work. But so two, you're worried about like performance, but B, like as you're having sex, you're also thinking about the fact that like you're having sex on camera and the potential of like hundreds or thousands of people are watching you. So it definitely was a little like nerve wracking because it makes you view sex in a totally different way. Because you're thinking about like looking good, like your performance, like people watching. But it just it just makes you think of sex in like a totally different light and the way that my head works is like I just have this like natural anxiety of like I said like wanting to do anything that I do like well and successfully so I kind of put more anxiety on myself than like a normal person might just because the personality that I have um but yeah like that, that was another concern too like when you asked why I was doing OnlyFans in the first place yeah. I was also afraid that it would ruin sex for me and it took the pleasure out of like sex because so much time like focused on finding people to collab with and work with and when you're having sex that often it ruins the fun it's not like no right. longer like, random hookups you're working and like I've yeah. already, it's sad but even in just a few months i've noticed that i don't really have as much interest in like random hookups anymore because you spend so much energy and like focus and your whole viewpoints on sex kind of shift once you're doing it so publicly and doing it like for work instead of for pleasure See, that's actually kind of interesting because it's like the thing about like random hookups. I don't have much interest in that much anymore now myself, but I, I was, I feel like that's something I learned about myself as I was getting older. It's like, it was like real fun when I was like in my early 20s to like when I got to 25. And then all of a sudden, just recently, I'm like, I'm like, I have a friends with benefits. It's like, yeah. I like having I like having sex with you more anyway. You know exactly what I want you to do. Mm -hmm. I know exactly what you want done to you. Like, and you still this is easier. To, yeah, you still find ways to keep it fun. And spicy. Yeah, <laughs> it's no, just I, like no, I totally agree. I mean, I I was it's like funny because like doing this now, like what I do, like for work, whatever you want to call it. Like, yeah, I, I'm the same way. Where like I mean, I would obviously like have sex. Like I'm not like totally like host at us, but like I wouldn't like I, I I was on Grindr, I guess I would say like more like for fun, just like people like scroll on Instagram to see who's there. But like yeah. the number of times like that even in my twenties, like that I would actually like go through and like meet up with someone on Grindr was like very rare. I wasn't like having sex like weekly, like having guys over like on a rotating basis. 
I would sometimes like bring guys home from like parties on occasion, or like I would go home with someone after like meeting them in person. But even yeah. so, like I wouldn't consider compared to like some of my friends or what like the gay stereotype is. I wasn't someone who was like actively having hookups. But even more so now that I'm doing this, like to my point, like it's even less yeah. than it was before. Like it's it's very, very rare that I have like a random hookup. So you put so much work into like finding them and filming that it's just even more exhausting than it was before. Right. But teach their so, own. Like I don't judge yeah. obviously anyway, but it just fascinates me that some of my friends will have guys like over like every few days. And I'm like, doesn't it just get like not only physically tiring, but just the idea of it eventually it's like okay it's like kind of the same old bullshit like okay you find a hot guy great yeah but yeah i don't know it just depends and you go through levels of like i feel like horniness right. in this case we have like months where we're like really horny and all we want to say yeah. so we have these lulls of like it's a little less exciting it's also like the time like mm -hmm. that's the that's the other thing like especially like between like my regular job that i work five days a week i do this twice a week mm -hmm. some day sometimes three times a week like literally this week i'm doing an interview with you i'm doing an interview with somebody on thursday and then i'm doing an interview with somebody on saturday and it's like it's like i don't have time <laughs> no exactly and i feel like schedules never <laughs> yeah. like especially like in different industries and like working in yeah life, i feel like the times that you're able to potentially like up with something they never justify with other people they never line up with other people where they're in sync I feel yeah. like when I'm on Grinder, like you said, like the times that I am horny, it's like rare to find someone else that's like yeah. also available and on the same like wavelength and energy as you are. Right. So it's, it's true. It does depend on like so many factors. Yeah. But when you're busy juggling multiple jobs and a personal life, yeah. it's it's hard to find time to even like get a substantial worthwhile hookup. Right. So, oh, there we go. So what's the freakiest thing you've done on a shoot? um these are such good questions i mean like i i hate to be like i hate to be like boring but like i like since i'm so new i feel like i'm a little more i don't want to say reserved but like since it's still so new to me and i'm like trying to figure out like what yeah. i'm go with and like how people like work in this industry um i like haven't had like really any crazy things i mean the only thing is like you can probably see on my instagram like i've always been like really into like wrestling like growing up so that's like a fetish yeah. of mine and like for whatever reason it's like nice because like those videos and the idea like seems to be very well received both like financially and people have been asking to see so it kind of like works in my favor to sometimes like do some of those things but like I like I don't even say like I feel like that's such like a common like cliche or, or like fetish or like meet whatever you want to call it in like the gay world now that it's not even that crazy. I mean I've had some like requests for like like I'm not into like fisting and stuff like that personally. Yeah. Like I said, as time goes on and I become more comfortable with doing yeah. that kind of stuff, like would I say like no? Yeah. No, but like I haven't had any like. I haven't filmed anything that I would consider to be crazy yet. I've had some interesting encounters with other collaborators. I don't want to get like too specific to like out yeah. people, but like, <laughs> some again, not throwing shade on the like creator community, but some of these people are just so like wild and <laughs> just nuts. Like it's impossible a like getting a hold of these people to commit to something and like actually show up for a shoot. Then half the times when you do find them, they're either like so strung out or like like not. It's just it's like wild shit that you can only write a book of. But again, yeah. I'm not gonna be shady. I'm not gonna give individual names. But 
I haven't, like I said, I'm just, I'm too new to have, I'm very, right. I'm like a manager now. And like, he's like, oh, you should have sex with like this person. And I'm the kind of person where like, if I'm not attracted to them sexually myself, I'm not going to do it like just for money or just for clout. Cause hey, again, yeah. it's top. I can have all like the Trimex or like Viagra or Cialis in the world. But mentally, if you're not there and you don't have a physical attraction to someone, right work and it doesn't come off as authentic on camera either like as like good sex because you can tell that there's no like sexual connection or like passion there so i'm still like i said new to it where like i'm very picky about like who i collab with it's very like thought out so i haven't like done anything like super crazy yet because all the people that i've chosen to collab with are because i personally want to and not because they just have yeah, thousands of subscribers, or it'd be like a good idea for me. Like, I, like I said, I want to be doing something because I want to do it, and I want the attraction level to be there with the other person. So yeah. I'm sure, like, if we interview again, like in a year, I'll have some like crazy camera. Right. But right now, it's like relatively controlled and like stuff that I'm into because I want it to come off as authentic and real and something that like I would want to see myself. You know. Yeah, and it's also there's sometimes where people like. There's one time I asked an OnlyFans content creator that question. They're like, like I got peed on once. I'm like, motherfucker. And I thought in my head, I'm like, motherfucker, I saw you got fisted on Twitter. You're going to tell me that the freakiest thing you did was get somebody pee on you? Well, that's it's so interesting because, like, today, like, let's be saying, like, someone say, like, weird or crazy, like, especially again, being gay, like, that's so different in everyone's mind. Like, what I might think of as something like super, like, vanilla and like boring, like, yeah. someone else might view as like totally crazy. So, yeah, we have these things that obviously are to everyone like nuts and wild, and you can't really argue it. But with how like sexually open and how like sexually like fluid and like willing to experiment we all are, I feel like everyone's yeah. level and idea of crazy is so different and so unique. Just interesting because it makes you like that's how you kind of like I think discover new fetishes and also like find things that you might not even have realized you were into until like meeting with someone and learning more about what makes them tick sexually. Right. I mean, what's the craziest thing you would ever say that you've done sexually, you know? Okay, so I am gonna add, ooh, ooh. <laughs> see, I'm this all depends, like. Some people like crazy things. So, like, one thing that I like, especially now, I'm very much the person where it's like very simple as like a bottom. And like, because I bottom primarily, it's like if you're not eating my ass before you fuck me, you're not fucking me. Like, mm -hmm. I am like point blank, period. And there's some guys who like, like, oh, I would never do that. And I'm like, and I'm like, really? You think this is freaky? Like, they, right. you think this is straight? I like, uh, to me this seems like vanilla like no i i totally agree and like that's why like to me too like i the same but different like i yeah that's what i said earlier like when i said only fans has just become a place where like pretty white boys like with no brains like just fuck yeah. and feel themselves having sex <laughs> like no like why not try putting something like other than sex on your channel like yeah like most things i feel like usually lead to anal or lead to fucking but sometimes yeah. like, people just want to see videos of like you eating someone's ass or like yeah. wrestling or fisting like uh, there's so much creativity that like OnlyFans, like in all these platforms allow you to have but everyone just thinks of it as oh like this is just videos of me like having sex there's no like foreplay it's just like fucking and no like what you want or what a subscriber wants or what you even want sexually yourself is yeah. not always just 
getting to town, like fucking each other and topping and bottoming, like exactly you want. And like the only like porn needs to also to be sometimes more like that, I think, because it's how I found that the more specific, like unique things that isn't just fucking is what's actually the most profitable content. Exactly. So it's, it's interesting. Yep. yes, you know what you want specifically and you shouldn't be afraid to address that or let someone tell you that that's weird or different. But to me, it's the same, like the real world should be like OnlyFans, like n- everyone's not there just to buy videos of people fucking. You right. know what you like and what you want when you're getting laid. So like, why shouldn't that also be translated into OnlyFans or like what more of the online porn community looks like too? And and sometimes, like especially in the real world, you have to be able to say, like, tell your line. Like, I had a guy who's like, who told me he's like one time he's like, I don't, I won't eat your ass, but I love your ass so much I just want to fuck you. I'm like, well then get you a friend who can. Exactly. Like you should like you shouldn't <sighs> have any embarrassment or shame telling someone yeah. what you want. But that also yeah. being said, like if someone doesn't want to do that or doesn't feel the same way, you don't want to feel like you're forcing someone to do that either. Right. So you move on to the next one until you find someone who is a connection, even if it's just for sex, because you're both going to enjoy it so much more when you're both on the same page and have the same interests or same way of like at least wanting yeah. to please each other or make each other happy. Right. So what made you want to start go-go dancing? Um, I don't know that I do. Um, so I first, well, you know, Geo. Sounds like, yeah. um, but like even before I decided to start doing yeah. fans, yeah. I was at a party down here and I met this guy named Gio, who, for those of you who don't know, is kind of like a South Florida, Fort Lauderdale party host slash like content creator slash like manager. Like he kind of just like finds these mostly twinks and like finds ways to like manage them, <laughs> or, like books them for appearances or like helps out with shooting kind of like a gay world liaison for lack of a better term um, but he's a very energetic and eccentric loud personality and i met him at a party and of course like he had heard from my friend like that i was like even thinking about the idea of doing only fans and at the time he was going to help me kind of like start my career because like i didn't know what i wanted and i didn't know how to like start and how to market myself so I kind of like started filming with him just like solo stuff. And he had some like talent that like was willing to shoot with me. So it took out a lot of like the step one shit that I was questioning in my mind. Yeah. So I started like slowly doing stuff with him and like using him to help build like connections and like relationships down here. And like I said, since he did throw like a lot of these parties at like Boardwalk and um like a LaBoy and these like Fort Lauderdale clubs. Yeah. He was like, Hey, like you're doing this. Like, you know, you want to make videos. Like, why don't you come try like dancing? I was like, what the fuck? Like, I'm not a dancer. I don't know how to dance. All. <laughs> I have never like except of a circuit party. I've never like been in public like that doing that. And I'd always made clear to him that like my view and my desire of like doing this world is like strictly online stuff. So logo dancing and being any kind of like performance gay was never really like on my radar and something that I wanted to pursue. But of course, like Gio has a very, like I said, strong personality and is like, no, no, you're going to be fine. It's going to be great. Just do it. Just do it. So I agreed to do it like one day at Boardwalk, which for those of you who don't know, it's like a very like seedy but fun, like strip club down here in Fort Lauderdale. 
And I was like, you're like, what the fuck am I going to do? Like, I don't know how to dance. Like, I'm no one knows who I am. I'm just starting this. And they do these things called like shower shows where you literally like shower basically with someone else and like dance to music and like kiss each other and touch each other. I was like, fine. And like at the time I was like so uncertain and so afraid of doing it. But I was like, again, it's a way to make more money, to get my name out there and like market myself. Cause that was what was the whole nerve wracking part of this. Yeah. So like Geo kind of like forced me into doing it. And I realized <laughs> that it wasn't as terrible as I like thought it was. So now like sometimes when he has like openings, I'll be like, Hey, do you want to like dance at boardwalk? Do you want to like do this? And my first time actually like dancing on stage after doing like that shower show was like terrible. Cause like, you feel so dumb when everyone's just like watching you dance like for money. But it's one of those things where like kind of like anything, like the first time you do it is so nerve wracking because you're like, what the literal fuck am I doing right now? But you learn by kind of like doing and by trying it. So it's nuts that like the first time I did it, that's kind of like how it happened was literally like Geo like forcing me into doing it. And I still don't love it. And like I said, I still want most of my work to be focused on like online content and making videos because I have more like control over it. And it's just more what I enjoy. But yeah. I do actually kind of like like the performances and like every so often like doing something like that because it, it is actually kind of fun and it's a way to make extra money and meet new people as well. You have a case of the Caucasians. It's fun. <laughs> <laughs> like like mm -hmm. see like see I actually can move like as a performer. That's why so many. That's why like there's one time somebody like watched me perform. They're like, "Are you Spanish?" I'm like. <laughs> no, I'm white. Like I'm very, very white. I just happen to know how to like. Well, see, that's like move. what would you consider to be like? That's another interesting thing because like at certain clubs, maybe it's just down here. Like if you're a go-go dancer, at least the clubs yeah. that like I would like work at or be performing at, that basically means you have to be like a pole dancer or a strip pole dancer. Like I have no problem necessarily like being on a box because I can like move. But like right. once you put the pole into it and like you have to suddenly do like like all this like this finagling and like working a pole and knowing how to pole dance is so so different than like being on a box and just kind of like dancing by yourself and like having rhythm and like movement yeah and like that to me like i always feel like it's so scary because all the stages that i've been on have always been kind of like pole oriented and i'm like i don't know what the fuck to do on a pole like i can dance and like be like sexy for a certain amount of time but then when you see me on a pole like a like a fucking idiot like not knowing at all like what i'm doing but again i'd imagine you learn that by like doing and actually like practicing pole dancing but yeah it's crazy how good some people are at it and literally act like it's nothing and can move around it like it's crazy it's like really really wild we'll just just like tell the dj to play give me more by britney spears and you could you could do like her version of pole dancing on that video which basically her just like walking around the pole that's, and like that's, dipping that's down that's like my pole that's what my pole experience has been so far like i feel so dumb then i watch them and i'm like okay like you can tell when someone's like feeling the music and like into it but yeah. you see these people that are like so good at it and like literally it's what they do for like almost their job and it's it's almost like beautiful and like how crazy and like flexible people's motions are when they dance on a pole it's like i've seen some of them well first of all i get it when you're like talking about i'm just gonna use an example of the one person when you've got people who's like you see people like jed who are like on the pole and like oh, yes. do all that i understand like why you wouldn't want to do that it's like it's like because you know you can't do that like yeah, we'll be on the same, like, like just the last time I was at Boardwalk, we're on the same, like, poster. So we're, like, doing one of Gio's parties the same nights. And, like, it's, like, like you said, she's amazing. 
and it's like so fascinating to watch but then like you'll follow up a performance by jed and then like someone will watch that and it's so breathtaking and then you're just like i'm supposed to like follow that with having like limited to no public experience that makes you feel even more stupid and it's just like people are now like expecting to see this like amazing pole dancer they see jed and it's like wow and that's like here's tanner and it's not that so it just, just like makes the pressure even more like uh, substantial but it's, right. it's just interesting people like have like in this world regardless if it's like a video or if it's like in-person appearances like everyone has yeah. like, such specific like reasons as to why they do it and what they want to do in this world right but performances are more fun to like go back to your question they are more fun and more engaging than i thought so again it's not what my focus is going to be on but i definitely like do say yes a lot more than i thought i would and am more willing to do more in club stuff than i started within when i started doing it right so okay so now since you kind of discussed first time you performed so now going back to performing in the straight bars like yeah 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 so like the thing is like my thing is especially the one bar like i performed at the most i used to open the show because like i knew that like my music was so different like you would have everybody come in with like their guitar because mm -hmm. that's and like i and i make electronic music so literally i would come in with like my ipod and like go hook it up and have this like boom 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 mm -hmm. noise and like just like do my songs and like it's actually the like i love the story so like there was one week where like the week before I had screamed motherfucker into the microphone after one of my songs. <laughs> and like and then the week later I got told by the owner not to do that. Well, and I'm like, I'm like I, opportunity to do it. A yeah, and I'm like, it like it was that song's not in my set this week. Like I did that last week because like to this day, I am all about rotating sets because to me it seems like crazy to like be that performer who performs the same like one, two, three songs yeah. over and over and over again. Yeah. And it's like we especially to people, so, like, I don't know how this bar was that you were at, but like yeah. a lot of times, like like I use I'm keep using boardwalk as like the reference, but yeah. like a lot of times, like granted, South Florida is a very like transient area and there's a lot of like tourists and people constantly coming in. Yeah. A lot of the times that we're walking, they're like regulars. So like yeah. if you see you doing like the same moves or like the same shit or the same songs like every week. To you as yeah. a performer, it starts to get redundant, but also to someone as like a spectator that goes to these bars and these like nightlife places often. Right. Like you said that you're just doing the same shit over again. Like you're gonna make more money and be more profitable when they see you doing something different or doing something that's like out of your comfort zone to some capacity. Yeah. So. And then like how I eventually like shifted to the gay bar. So at one point I was doing both and I was doing like I was doing the doing both in the same night. So literally I was like op opening one show. I didn't like my 15 minutes, got in my car, drove to the like next bar. And the like, I did that for five months and I'm like, one of these has got to go. Cause like, I can't, I can't, I was leaving my house at like 7 PM and then like not getting home till like 1230 at night. Or twelve thirty in the morning. And it's like well, that's like early though. And like I feel like in gay world, like if I, if I'm going out to an appearance, I feel like I'm lucky if I'm like home before three. 
And that's why it's also too much for me. I'm like, I can't do this with a regular job. Like it's so, it's so much energy and so much like, no. And then like, as I said, I would go home at 1230 and then I'd have to be up at four to get like eat breakfast and like get ready to be to work at 6am the next morning. So it's like, yeah. Yep. Oh, I understand that very well. That's like, that's the biggest struggle I faced. And also I am like, very selective about appearances because i just know the way i am i'm like oh i'm having fun i'm out like let's go to like an after party and then it's like 5 a.m and the sun's coming out and it's like fuck i have to work in like three hours and i just it's it's really really hard like it sounds dumb but it's like hard juggling so many jobs at once but you put yourself in those situations but it's what you like doing and it's how you're making you're meeting new friends you're like hanging out with old friends and it becomes it's tempting it's like tempting but it's fun but it was also the fact of, like, you said, like, 3 a.m. The thing is, like, Orlando is a city that, like, closes early. Yeah. Like, you yeah. probably know because, like, or, uh-huh. every bar closes at, like, 2 a.m. Yep. So it kind of puts, like, a little soft curfew yeah. on it. But I don't know if you're the same way. But, like, with me and my friends, it's like, hey, well, the bar closes at 2. Like, let's find someone's house to go to after. Let's find an after something. But if you have the self-control to not fall down that path, then... It's a little easier. See, I'm not like a party person. Like, my thing is like the reason why I haven't gone out more is because, like, A, I found the last time I was in Miami because what happened was I was I was going out to twist, but like mm-hmm. I was like all of a sudden I was like getting ready, and then all of a sudden, like how I usually like put because I wear like bodysuits primarily when I like mm-hmm. go out, so like I needed somewhere to like put my phone and everything. So oh, yeah. I had like I had yeah. like a back I had like a small like backpack, and then I look on Twist website and they're like, we don't allow backpacks. No I'm like, right, right. So I'm like, I had to de drag like get in the shower like wash out my makeup and everything, right, and then I went out to the bar in just like regular clothes, and I'm like, I'm like, I don't like this yeah yeah no that's fair yeah i'm trying to get better it's not like some people are just bad at saying like no to things and they always get promo to me it's like not even that i'm just kind of person where like once i start it's like hard for me to get me to stop like i can originally say no and be like no i'm not going out tonight but once i'm like performing or like around people then i just get very like oh let's keep going like it never stops right it's nice to like sometimes have those like hard curfews or like things set that like put limits on yourself so you're not tempted to like keep going or like stay out until whatever time in the morning yeah that would it's hard i'm trying to get better at it especially as i get older my body can't really take as much of it as i used to when i was like younger but it's because it's hard because I heard, actually, like, you mentioned before, like, Kyle. Kyle was the person who told me, like, once you get to, like, 30, he said exhaustion, like, is worse than a hangover. So it's like... Yes. Yes. Yep. So so I'm like, maybe it's good that, like, because there are some days, like, as I said, like, I've done long interviews. Like, most of the time... I try to keep it like hour and a half, hour 40 tops, but like I had a drag queen who went two hours and 38 minutes. I'm like, <laughs> like, sis, 
<laughs> and, I, and that night I didn't get to bed till like eleven, and then like I set my alarm for like five a.m. because like oh at that point I, I just... make up an excuse like oh I'm sorry I only allotted an hour and a half for this I really have to go and feed my cat it's like sorry sorry but this has been great <laughs> but no, it's it's true like, exhaustion is as you get older it's very real yeah I used to be able to go like on like these like trips that I go on or like party weekends with friends you you're so used to like a party like after hours after hours you get like yeah. two hours of sleep and you just go to the next one and that's like normal now if I don't get at least like five hours of sleep a night it's like you feel it the next like few days like it it, it really is like very real like how your body like as you get older just slowly starts to realize that it yeah. needs more rest and like natural relaxation right crazy so what's your dating life been like um so i uh like i said too like a recent break up with my yeah. boyfriend and like it, it was we start we tried dating a little bit like long distance after i moved down here so we like broke up officially in like april or may so i've only been like totally single for four or five months um, so I really haven't been in like a space where I've been like actively like pursuing dates, but I'm the kind of yeah. person with like dating in general. Like I'd much rather, I feel like like dating and like boyfriends and relationships come when you like, you least expect them to. Like if you're the kind of person yeah. who's like, on Tinder, like asking around to go on dates all the time, like it's, it just kind of feels like forced to me. And you're probably not going to meet someone that's a little more organic and substantial. I'm not saying it doesn't happen. Yeah. But like in those four months, I've like told myself like, look, I don't, you need some time to be single, like enjoy your life, like start working on like this new career that you've like given mm. to yourself. But like, of course, like that's what it's been like, oh fuck, like I'm starting to like meet these people that like have now come into my life that I want to explore romantically because I'm not actively looking for them. Um, and there's like a guy that on Geo's roster who like I was like really sort of talking, not like dating, but since with exception of him and like we're still like really good friends and still kind of like figuring out our relationship for lack thereof but with right exception of him like i said like since i'm not actively pursuing them i it, it would take a lot for me to like actually like date someone or be in the capacity to like allow someone in until i feel like i've checked off the box of like leaning into single hoe life a little bit yeah doing my life without the pressure of a relationship in it right so in terms of in terms of my dating life, it's pretty much currently non-existent. Well, you said God. you were friends with benefits. So I feel like that had, yeah. to, that had to have been like something at some point. No, it's really? the thing. The thing is, as I said, that would that would like honestly form into a relationship if we both didn't have different goals, like. He's originally from he's originally from California. He wants to stay in Florida. As I said, I've lived in Florida my whole life. I want to leave. Mm -hmm. No, that's totally fair. Yeah, and I think yeah. I mean, maybe you. I don't know if like you have the same view, but it's funny as gay men. Like I feel like, I mean, for me personally, and every gay and every person is different. But I feel like now, just with the experiences I've had in my past and like where I am right now in the industry, I feel like I would never want a relationship that's closed. Just because I feel like we all naturally kind of seek sexual like sexual interactions at some point that's not with your boyfriend or at least that's how i am currently teach their own um but i was gonna say like it's weird because at least with my friends i have certain friends who are like sisters like they're just friends i would never like touch yeah. them and foot pole because that's fucking weird 
yeah. from their other friends that like for whatever reason, it's just like okay and comfortable that like you can explore things more sexually with them. And people are kind of like put into those two buckets. Right. Like, unintentionally, but just how it is. Like there's some friends that I'm like, they could be very attractive and so hot. But it's just like I, I could never have sex with you or like view like that because like you're my family and other friends. It's like totally normal to be at like an orgy or something. And it's like, oh, yeah, we can have sex together. And it's like normal and not a weird thing. But I don't know, yeah. like you're the same. But it's just like it's it's weird how like we kind of like put each other in like these buckets. Yeah, it's and, my and see, like my thing is. The only, well, you said like you couldn't imagine being in a close relationship. I could only imagine it with one person. It's actually, as I told someone, I leave like an air of mystery because somebody said, mm -hmm. like, because of course you probably know this from being on like Instagram and stuff. Whenever you put that, like, people want to ask you a bunch of questions in the course. The question of my romantic life came up. I said, I didn't say who. I said, I said, I have a crush on somebody. They've been on this podcast before. I'm not saying any more than that. Mm -hmm. So now, yeah. So now you got everybody thinking, like, yeah, yeah. Who is I had, it? Yeah. I had everybody thinking, who is it? Somebody had, like, oh my God, it's me. I'm thinking, it's this ain't you. <laughs> <laughs> Sit down, relax. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, when you put yourself like in the public eye to any yeah. capacity, like, of course, people are going to like kind of they look to you as like a public persona. So it's not right. saying they don't recognize that, like, you don't have feelings or emotions, but like you're putting yourself out to a level of like vulnerability where people are going to yeah. want to know more about you or like ask questions. And then when you kind of tease at things like that. It's like, well, of course, people are going to want to know more, or, like assume that it's them or like try to figure out the mystery. But it's just so funny. It, it's interesting. But uh, it's also, yeah, it's also it's like like as I said, like my feeling is when people. And I don't think that should shock anybody because it's like if you're sitting down with people and people are being like super super vulnerable with you. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm only human. Like, mm -hmm. I I mean. I, it bounds war. I was going to develop feelings on some with somebody like, yeah, no, that's, yeah, it's interesting too. I mean, I think in, in it's hard because when you're like dating someone, I guess obviously everyone is looking for different things and everyone has like different levels of attachment yeah. look for in a partner. And to me anyway, I'm like a very vulnerable person and I'm not going to be interested in someone that can't like match those level of vulnerabilities. And if I feel like there's constantly these walls up and that I can't talk to you about anything like substantial beyond like black and white issues, like that's not interesting to me. But yeah. some people just don't have that level of like, I don't want to say emotion, but they just don't have that care and they're like happy with their relatively like vanilla relationship. And that's totally normal. But I feel like to most people, like they want to be able to feel like they can be themselves and be silly and open up and actually express emotion that's deeper than just a superficial relationship. Yeah. And I think that's what's most interesting and engaging to people. Um, so it's like you said, like, of course, when you post something like that, everyone's going to be like, well, who is it? Is it me? It's totally me. But um, yeah, like when you're in a public eye in any capacity and you're putting podcasts yeah. out or you're dancing, you're on OnlyFans, of course, people are going to like look to you as like an outlet of you know, trying to like figure out more, like wanting to get to know someone to some capacity on a deeper level. Right. So let's see, what was the thing I was going to say about this? Oh, I was going to tell like 
probably okay so as i said like not i haven't been in many relationships i've only been in two mm -hmm. so one of one lasted a year and that was with somebody who like actually as we broke up they basically told me they were transitioning and they were like they were taking hormones while they were living in my apartment and not yeah. telling me about it Hey, in gay world, a year-long relationship is basically like a marriage. Like, if you're lasting yeah. a year, that's like, <laughs> you're basically like wedding bells are in the future. But, yeah. And then, like, I, as you said, like, you should take time. I was young and stupid. Yeah. I did not take, I did not take time. So I got in a relationship with somebody immediately after that. And I was with them for a month. Mm -hmm. And as they were breaking up with me, so, like, as I said, I've primarily been with black guys. It's the one time I dated a white guy. <laughs> Turned out they're racist. I'm like, what? Of course. <laughs> of course. And literally, as he broke up with me, he said, all you ever want is that N-word dick. And I'm like, that's just a jab at that point. Like, at that point, like, <laughs> you're just, like, looking for, like, low blows and shit to say yeah. to, like, make it worse. You know what I mean? But... Yeah, you learn from your mistakes. You learn that's how you yeah. learn what you like and what you don't like. Not yeah. being racist. I'm saying like yeah. you learn from your own mistakes <laughs> about how to move forward and figure yeah. out like, who you want to date. I mean, it's like it's not like it turned me off to dating white guys. I just haven't as I said, I haven't wanted to. I don't know. As I said, it's like living at home. It's like when I want to date somebody, I want to be able to like bring them over to my apartment. Like I don't want to like Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's have to yeah. Yes, it's not just sex. Like, you want to yeah. be with someone who, like, after you come, you're not like, get the fuck out. This is gross. Like, someone who you're comfortable, like, being with. Like, you know what I mean? It's not just, like, awkward. And it's like, okay, I did, like, I served my purpose. Like, we got off. Like, get out the door. Like, you want someone who you're comfortable around with all the time. But you're that's, also still into them sexually as well. You have to have that balance. That's my friends with benefits. That's why I was telling somebody, I'm like, yeah, I'm like, we cuddle every time. And somebody's like, how do you do that with your friends with benefits? I'm like, yeah, I I get it. See, that's we, they they want to they want to cuddle and kiss. Like, what do you mean? How do we do it? Like, it See, just happens that's, organically. Like, that's so interesting because to me, like, when I, it's so weird, it's like one of the guys I was talking to. I actually had this conversation with him. Like, to me, like cuddling and like kissing is more like intimate than like actually like fucking like i would rather see my boyfriend fuck someone else in front of my face but then if i saw them like cuddling with someone else or like kissing them like that would be like too much and i would consider that of course. Like, cheating so like i don't know if i could like cuddle with my like friends after like fucking them because that's where like that line is drawn of sexual versus like emotional but i guess everyone views those boundaries and like who falls into those territories totally differently and it's not like like, well, as you pointed that out, it's like, it's not like there aren't feelings there. And it's not like when I eventually, when I eventually move, it's not going to be easy. Like, no, that's fair. Yeah. I guess like it's, yeah, it's different with different people too. And like what might be viewed as okay with like one person and like acceptable and comforting might be like different. It's like different rules with like different yeah. dynamics and different people. Right. But yes, yeah, it's like it's weird because as a whole, like it's strange that in my mind, like I would literally rather see like my partner like fuck someone in front of my face, and I'd be like, yeah, it's fine, like have fun. But if I saw my partner like cuddling with someone, or they told me that they spent the night at like someone's house, 
that would cause like red flags in my mind and make me be like uncomfortable with that situation versus like literally oh. like equal penetration. Yeah. <laughs> but it's, yeah, it's different levels of intimacy basically. Right. So what's your relationship to drugs and alcohol? Um, I mean, I'm open about it. I mean, I, I actually <laughs> went to jail for four months a couple of years ago because of drug. I got like caught with drugs and because of in Florida, um, like the amount of drugs that you have basically is what constitutes like trafficking or like possession. So because of the amount that I was caught with, even though I had no intent to like sell them, like honestly, like I got charged right. with like, trafficking and intent to sell. So after that, like I definitely took like a hard pause for a while because obviously going to jail and being arrested for something kind of makes you like evaluate things very differently. Right. Um, but I'm very like I'm, I'm a gay male in my 30s. Like I'm very open about the fact that like I love going out and having fun. Um, so like my relationship to drugs, I guess, to answer that question is I'm open. I mean, I have boundaries of like hard things that I would like never do and which I kind of find to just be like a personal turn off. But right. I'd say, like, recreationally, I enjoy going out and having fun. Um, alcohol, I've just, like, honestly never really been, like, a huge, like, drinker. Even when I was in college, like, it was just not something. I hate hangovers. I just hate the feeling of being, like, drunk. It's just, like, never something that's enjoyable to me. So I guess, like, with substances in general, I'm kind of the mentality of, like, hey, you do what you like or, like, what you feel like is fun right. and enjoyable for you. As long as you don't cross any, like, boundaries or, like, get to a level where it's, like, unsafe for you or makes me feel unsafe or uncomfortable, then it's, like, you do you. I respect your beliefs and you respect mine. Um, but, like I said, like, yeah, there are definitely, like, boundaries and, like, certain drugs and things that I personally, like, don't find attractive and yeah. I set limits for myself. Because, as you know, it's, like, being in this industry, it's, like, very easy and I don't want to say, like, comforting but it's very easy to fall into like dangerous habits when you're around people and like around nightlife where like these things are literally yeah. like, right in your face yeah. but i would say that i have like in my mind like a healthy relationship with them where i enjoy them recreationally but there are certain right. that i set for myself to not let myself go into like an unsafe territory right so now to me drugs yeah i was gonna say what about you I'm curious never really like okay so the the only thing i've abused like a quote-unquote abuse so like yeah. i have um bone spurs in the heels of both of my feet mm. i got them from working a job where i was on my feet sometimes 12 hours a day luckily don't work it anymore so back before i had health insurance because it takes so long to get health insurance. Again, oh, yeah. fu fucking hate you, America. Yes. For for four <laughs> months, I was taking 18 to 24 ibuprofen a day. Oh, that's yeah. a lot of like any drug. But there's there's so many health, again, the side tangent, but there's so many yeah. like, health things that you don't realize that taking ibuprofen regularly actually does to like fuck up like your blood. And your mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Anyways, yes, that's a lot. Yeah, I used to get I used to get sick all the time. Everyone's like, it's like it's because you're taking so much ibuprofen. I'm yeah. like, but I have to because it's yeah. like For you have parents. to it's yeah. Mm -hmm. And then that's like the only thing. And then in terms of like alcohol, so I had a bad night where it's literally like I was performing 
down in um I was performing in Lantana mm-hmm. at a bar that's um it's actually not even open anymore. It's this place um called Penny Pennies at Duke Duke. It used to be open like in Lantana. Okay. And it was a night where I was handed I was people were handing me drink after drink after drink after drink. I wasn't buying stuff for myself. Mm-hmm. And then I got in my car and then I drove an hour home. And then like or I might have been like 50. I was almost home. Then I got pulled over by a cop. Mm. And luckily, as I say, luckily my dad came and picked me up. Otherwise, I would have gotten a DUI. Yeah. And yeah, that in itself yeah. is like a multitude of consequences. DUI right. is taken very seriously, but at least you had a point of like realization, it sounds like, I guess. Yeah. So it's like now, in terms of drinking, when I perform, I don't do it. Good for you. Because it's like it's hard. <laughs> it's first of all like as i always say like the thing of where it's like being a singer i it's better for my voice to have water anyway yeah no that's i mean i think that's amazing i mean it's, it's like i said like i think being in this industry like nightlife yeah. performing only fans yeah. it's to me like very hard to do that like soberly just because you're like putting yourself out there and being like very vulnerable and i think a lot of times the mentality is oh they're drunk or like they're high or like whatever and obviously it puts you in like an easier headspace and like your mentality is a little more relaxed when you're on some kind of substance yeah but i have like so much respect for like performers and collaborators whenever they can just do that like totally soberly and i hope i get to a point where that's eventually like something that i can say i do too i don't think i use drugs or alcohol is like a crutch necessarily right. it's just so much easier to do these things when you're on some things it just makes you more approachable and your guard gets let down a little bit well let me put it this way one of the secrets is as i say the sunglasses help i can't see the audience really like so that makes it a little bit easier too when it's like yeah definitely <gasps> It's like yeah, it's like a, yeah, it's like a party weekend. Like it's like a Sunday morning. You're like, why are you wearing sunglasses inside? And you're like, no reason. Just just wanted to wear them. <laughs> well, I mean, like I don't go to this explanation with everybody. Like clearly, that I mean, I'll just tell you the reason. So like, these are my mom's, and yeah. like as I said, she passed away when I was 18, so she never lived to see me perform. And it's like, in some ways, it's like she gets a chance to like be there spiritually like with me every time i perform that's really nice yeah i get that totally so it's like there is like a little bit of like a deeper meaning to like yeah why you use them regularly yeah and it's like the the other reason is and i want to come to drag queens because (laughs) i've because i've done this for so long i don't i i literally don't know how to do eyes like like just Because it's like, obviously, like, why would I bother trying to do eyes if I know I'm literally going to cover them up? Like, I mean, that's, I think that's really sweet, though. I mean, it's, it's kind of nice and like endearing, like, just this level of like respect for your mom. But it's like, it's, there's like actual, like, a more deep and like meaningful reason as to like why you dress a certain way or like as of like your entertainment persona. Like, it's, yeah, there's a reason behind it. It's like sweet. Yeah. So, okay. I got two more. Okay. Two more questions. Okay. So, what are your thoughts on how the LGBT community is being treated today? Um, it's a very deep question. 
Um, I mean, I, I think overall, I would say like, I don't know. See, this is another thing that I think is a little deeper than meets the eye because obviously you see like all these crazy like political things like living in Florida, like DeSantos and all these crazy yeah. laws and bans that are like ridiculous. So this is a thing in 2023. But at right. the same time, it's like you see also happening like behind the scenes. We talked about like us like coming out or at least like me like yeah out, i was like 21 you see like these yeah. like, like 12 like 13 year olds that are just so proud of being who they are and view sex like they're so comfortable and it's like there's a, i'm not saying it's like political or like society is like telling them that's normal but it's just there's yeah. a reason why i think being gay and like sex is so much more it's just crazy to me because like this like this new age of like kids and like the new youth it's like i was talking to my friends the other day like they're so much more comfortable like being who they are at the age of like 13 than i would ever be like almost sometimes in my 30s yeah so it's like i don't know if it's like double face where like it's nuts and sad that we're seeing all of these like laws and like crazy politicians and things that are happening to society that like it's embarrassing that are happening where we are but then at the same time, you see like these like positive things happening. Like, like I said, this like new age of like children and like youth that yeah. if they're doing this already at the age of like 12 and 13, then like imagine where they're going to be when they're our age. So it's like right. you have these negative things that are like crazy to see and like bring you down in such like a negative and disparity way. But then at the same time, you do kind of see these like glimmers of hope and like positive things happening, I think, in our community, especially that still like gives you hope and makes you realize maybe it's not as like discouraging and disparaging as like some of these people on these like headlines that you see that try to like bring us down are also happening at the same time. Right. And it's like, it's, you know, it's like you, it sucks and it's like embarrassing, but you kind of like take the cons with the pros sometimes. And you still do see this evolution of like positively, like positivity and like a good, good things like coming out of like the evil and of the bad. Right. And it's why, like, that's one of the reasons why I want to leave Florida because it's like, I see how things are going here. And it's like, yeah. Well, not only that, like, as you say, good, good thing you want to, like, you don't want to stay in Florida for the <laughs> rest of your life because I just want to, I just want to point out something. Anyone who's like, Florida is going to be here forever. No, it's not. People are dumbasses. They're building things on top of things that they shouldn't. They're going to flood yeah. the whole state. Correct. And that's going to happen in time just with the climate and, you know, yeah. however. So it's not going to be here forever. I don't know if it's going to be in our lifetime, but yes, it's a good point. Oh, yeah. it's That's why, what was it? Just in this area, there used to be a road there. The area I live in, they're like building it up for some reason. I have no idea why the fuck. I literally have no idea why the fuck anybody wants to move here. Like, but they're just like building it up. And now, like, there are roads that I used to be able to drive down all the time that are now underwater every time it rains because they're just building houses on top of crazy. Like, just these residential areas here. And I feel yeah. rain. You know how the rain is in Florida. It'll come out of nowhere. Yeah. After like storming for like 30 minutes, you'll walk down the street and like the road will be like, inches underwater where they yeah <laughs> that's why i'm like good luck <laughs> anyway so oh last question so what's the biggest misconception about you these are so many good questions um 
So this is like interesting, but there's like two things that come to mind, which I, one is a right. little more cliche than not. I feel like just from like the six months, five months that I've been doing this, just because yeah. we got it from the interview. I feel like my friends like kind of like judge me a little bit. And like even people that meet me now, they assume like, oh, you do OnlyFans or you do like you work at nightlife. Like the perception is like you must love sex or like you're super comfortable with yourself like sexually. And I feel like it's almost like just the opposite because it makes, like I said, it makes you view sex in a totally different light. And just because someone right. pursues sex in any capacity for like money or for work, that doesn't suddenly make them this like sexual creature where their entire life is now revolved around sex. So that's the first thing. And the second thing I would say is, like I said, like in general, like I think I'm a very like social person and my view, my friends yeah. and people that know me kind of assume I'm this always like outgoing, like bubbly, like happy ready to go person but at the end of the day it's kind of like the opposite where like i love my alone time and love being by myself because sometimes right. the pressure of always bringing people together and being a happy bubbly person it becomes like the opposite effect because you're always so worried about other people having a good time and what people like perceive about you that you like you're you almost can't have fun out by yourself because like you're always like thinking about making others happy and always being out there and active and happy when at the end of the day, it's like, no, like sometimes it's exhausting. And like, all I want to do is sit by myself on like weekdays and like watch Netflix and not talk to like anybody for hours. So it's like, it's just again, I think this mentality of like people like view you in some perception, but in reality, like at our core and myself personally, we're almost like the opposite yeah. of what we perceive, like put ourselves out there to be in the limelight. Right. And I will say to me, he, certain people, I've heard people say this. Certain people think I'm shady. I'm not. I'm I'm blunt and honest. Like, I am the person who's like, if you ask me my opinion, and I think you suck, <laughs> I'm gonna tell you you suck. You suck. It's like, <laughs> yeah. No, or it's like. Not even like indirectly. I've done it on here. Like if I think somebody's whack, I'm going to say somebody's whack. Because it's like, why would you like want to tell somebody? Why would you like want to like be the person who's like, oh yeah, you're doing things that are so great. You're so amazing. It's like, I'm the person. Okay, like I'll just give one example. <laughs> this is a part of me being shady. So it's like, so this is rapper out in, or this is rapper slash go-go dancer out in LA named Tokyo. Okay. And like he makes all this music where it's like basically like him just like twerking. He's like, ah, I'm twerking, sitting on a dick. And it's like, it's like you were like 30, you, you know, he's 30 years old. I'm mm -hmm. like, you call yourself a rapper. I don't say every song's got to be substantive, but can you give yeah. one? Have some depth or like some creative, yeah. like you're an artist, like show your yeah. artistry. Yeah. I mean, or, I think or, to your point, like I, I totally understand what you're saying, but I also think it's good to be honest and blunt and like be real and authentic. But at the same time, there's also a difference between being like blunt and being rude. Like you right. should be yourself and be honest, but it also means that in the, the day, like who you're talking to or communicating with, like doesn't have feelings. So it's like, yeah, you should be authentic and like call people out yeah. if they to be called out. 
but I'm also not going to be like blatantly be like an asshole or be like rude to someone if those lines are kind of like blurred a little bit. Yeah. Okay. Sense. Fun. Yeah. So I'll, I'll send, I'll send, I'll like kind of sandwich it in with a nice comment. I think, <laughs> I think, I think, th- I think Tokyo is an amazing go-go dancer. I'll just say that. Like he's a great go-go dancer. I don't think he's a good rapper, but I think it's amazing go-go dancer. So it's like, here's the thing, as you point out, like, not ev- as we said before, not everyone can do everything. Correct. Pick your so lane. It's like, so it's like just because I'm one of those people who can like sing, sing, rap, like write songs, like host a podcast, do it's not like I'm doing stuff. I'm I know what I'm doing. Like mm-hmm. I'm not mm-hmm. like the person who's like like I theoretically can act, but I'm not gonna be like, go put me on a set. Right, exactly. Again, it's like same thing. Yeah, yeah. same thing with OnlyFans. Like, just because you can doesn't mean, doesn't mean you, you should. should. Correct. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Weird way to end it, but <laughs> that's how I'm gonna end it. Anyway, Perfect. with that being said, it's a pleasure getting to meet you. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. This is actually fun. I'm not usually oh, no. much of like an interview type person, but it's. It's actually fun. This was a good time. And first of all, you told me off camera. He's like, it's got, or Tanner told me off camera. He's like, how are we going to go an hour and a half? I'm like, <laughs> fuck. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is great. Yeah. But anyway, so like, as I said, I'll end stream. Kind of like take all this off. Cause I like, that's my favorite part to like breathe. Oh yeah. I'm excited the to and, like eat food. Right. <laughs> Stay away. With that being said, this is Gay Out the City. I'm your host, Prince Electro Diamond, and I hope you've enjoyed.